Hello everyone and welcome to What Would The Smart Party Do? Or, for the start of this, what was it the Smart Party did? Because we're just <laughs> back from the Owlbearing Woods of Staff, aren't we, Baz? Yeah, and um, if you have uh, some kind of magic ritual that you can cast, you can drag the at least two hours of really good conversation we recorded out of the technological abyss that it's fallen into. Yeah. The editing cobbles had a cave-in, and uh, there's naught now but crushed bones and lost memories and dreams. But uh, never mind. They will suffer for this. <laughs> <laughs> they really will suffer for this. The editing cobbles hardly ever let us down, but that was a bad day down the mine shaft. Ugh. It, it was awful. But, yes, yeah, so the quick the quick version of all that, two minutes instead of two hours, Go. is that um, one-day convention in Leamington Spa, which is very nice, uh, run by Matt or Asaka So on Twitter. Uh, uh, a really nice do. It's just uh, a space for gaming. Uh, you get um, some else and stuff at half time. Everybody's really friendly and just happy to be out and playing games. There's a morning and afternoon slot. We ran something each and got to play mm-hmm. the same game for a change. Um, and everybody had a great time. And then we went to an award winning pub at the end of the night for um, some food and a couple of jars. So all good. Yeah, brilliant day out. Uh, brought King of Dungeons, had a really engaged team of players who really sort of lent into the stuff real hard. Uh, sold a few copies as well. Thank you to anyone who brought some hard earned cash with them to buy my book. Uh, signed loads of stuff, and uh, we played in Dirt the Dice's game of Vert in the afternoon, which I was still trying to figure out. I don't know what happened there. I know I was a robot dog, and there were feathers, and uh, and then it all got a bit blurry, and then we went to the pub, which didn't help. <laughs> well, I think, if anything, that does at least mirror the novel, that it's yes. all kind of blurry, and then they went to the pub. <laughs> so, <laughs> mission accomplished, I think. Yeah, uh, And it's worth nipping across to the Grugnar files to listen to the latest episode, because... Uh, Dirk and Blythe talk about the Numenera system, or the Cypher yeah. system as it's called, uh, and he does mention a bit about the session and just the system in general, really. Yeah, really top day out. So glad I went. Thank you very, very so much uh, to Matt for organising everything. He was, he was unbelievable in his generosity to everyone. I saw him pushing money back into Punter's hand, saying, no, no, that's too much. We don't need your hard cash here. <laughs> which, <laughs> which is just wonderful of him. So he, he really did make everybody feel at home. And it's um, and now uh, written in pen in my next year's diary. Not that they've announced the date, but it will be. You know what I mean. Yeah, and we got um, a nice all-rolled-up dice tray each with a, the moniker for the uh, convention on it, uh, mm. and a miniature and some dice and uh, sweeties and other things in a little GM pack as well, which was uh, unexpected but most welcome. Yeah, absolutely. It's a shame the Albo Mini has scared off our kobold. That must be it. That must have terrified the poor things. Uh, it all makes sense now. Oh, funny I thought. Well, never mind. Let's move on to a, a topic for today then, because we've mentioned Numenera there, and one of the good things about that game is uh, it's got more than one quick start, and I think we should put some quick starts under the spotlight, as uh, certainly our loyal listeners have been mentioning it as something they'd like to hear about. Yeah, I like the segue as well. We managed to do the Albert Convention in two minutes as opposed to the 90 minutes we actually did it in. And now we can do quick starts. <laughs> this podcast could be over in five minutes, people. Warnings. <laughs> There's less chance of curvings if we do it that way. <laughs> yeah, there is, yeah. yeah. Let's strike while the internet's hot. Yeah, quick starts. What, we, what What's a quick start then, guys? Fill me in. I think I know what a quick start is, but having looked at loads over the last couple of weeks, I'm not so sure that there's a single definition for them. What do you reckon? Yeah, we started out a couple of weeks ago, didn't we, talking about starter sets, and then there's beginner mm. boxes, and they're all of an ilk. 
So some of the quick starts that are out there are very similar to a starter set, I would say, uh, and certainly in size and scope. Uh, but some are just uh, one sheet of A4 that's been folded a couple of times, hmm. and they look slightly different. So it depends, but I think the goal really is to allow someone to play your game without having to read all the full rules. Mm. And ideally, I think for most people, this is giving away free as well. So in a sort of contrast to starter sets and stuff, you're not necessarily expected to hand any money over initially, but you are expected to kind of like give it a go and decide whether you want to buy into the product or not. Mm-hmm. So I think that's my first definition or should be a goal, I think, for most people if you're designing a quick start is it shuts you off your game and what's good about it and hopefully lead people into to, you know buying or buying into the game uh, so uh, it does require I think either to be very light so you've just got some uh, rule frameworks and that's it but ideally and we've said this a lot about most things is it could do with a little adventure as well because that's what's mm-hmm. going to show off the game itself I think yeah, I mean, I think my idealised quick start would be similar to that. It would definitely have an adventure. I'd push that right up there. In fact, I think it should be an adventure. Um, first and foremost, it should be something that you can play, not a toolbox that you have to put together, what have you, because that's kind of what your main game is always going to be. Any role-playing game is essentially a toolbox at the end of it. So I think it should definitely have an adventure at its heart. Um, it should come with the characters to play that. I think pre-gens is the way forward. I think it needs to be a little bit like a one-shot game in a package. That package doesn't have to be big. It doesn't have to be small. It could be formatted in lots of different ways. But it needs to be a one-shot package. And anything that isn't part of that package could probably be excised from it. Um, Because, you know, I'll sort of lay this out there straight away. I think a lot of the quick starts I've looked at recently are just too big, um, which kind of gets away from the quick part of the title. Um, Yeah. When it's when it's longer than basic D and D, then it's not uh, arguably a quick start. A quick start of like <laughs> seventy two pages. <laughs> so I think one of the uh, interesting ones is I mentioned Numenera then, uh, and I think I'm fairly sure there's at least two. I think they're doing this as a free RPG thing. Yeah. So the pro the product they sort of send out there to shops to give away free is actually their quick start, but it'll be a different adventure every year. So there's been right. at least two. There might be more than that. Um, I've not really checked into it because I don't play the game that much. But uh, things like the Spire of the Hunting Ground was the one that I picked up initially, and uh, that's written by Dennis Detwiller, one of our glorious guests from previous. Right. So um, it's not like they're skimping on writers or anything like that. It's a proper thing. Mm. It's in color. Uh, you have the characters to play the game, and it's a nice scenario. You've got enough about the rules uh, and some direction. I think that's a a really good way of doing it. But I think for, for other companies as well, there's things that they do, like uh, Rob Schwell's recent, recently just started his Kickstarter for Punk Apocalyptic, uh, and that's got a quick start as well, which is yep. very light on the adventure bit, and I think actually is more, uh, here's a section of the rules that have been written so far, and mm-hmm. it's quite extensive, there's sort of 50 or 60 pages, yeah, and it doesn't feel like it's written as a quick start, but you, you can definitely use it to start and play the game and test it out for yourself. Um, so I think we probably have to bear in mind as well that people have got different goals for what they're doing. So I don't think that's been brought out as a quick start uh, and designed in that way necessarily, just from mm. looking at it. I might be wrong. It feels more like this is an aid to help you buy into the Kickstarter or if this is the game you want to play and give you a bit excited about it. But uh, it feels more like it's just 
Uh, it's closer to the, the main rules, I think, than some of the other quick starts I've seen. Let's put it that way. There seems to be more in it, more detail. Mm. I think sometimes for quick starts, you can cut out a lot of the detail that you don't need to know about. I would say so, yeah. it's uh, That's one that I've looked at myself. It's I really like it, by the way. I think it's an excellent thing, and I'm gonna, probably going to jump in on the Kickstarter. So from that perspective, it's done its job. Um, but it it is, as you say, mate, it's quite in-depth, actually. It's pretty much the core of the game there. There will be yeah. lots more in the book, I've no doubt about that. But it's got character generation in it, which I think is one of the things that actually you could probably live without in a, in a quick start. I, I wouldn't blame people at all for just like playing a quick start and going, oh, I wish I could make my own character. And then it'd be an obvious thing to do, wouldn't there? You know, go and get the book. Um, <laughs> so I wouldn't, I wouldn't have character gen. And, and it does in that one. But, you know, I did, I did a little bit of research for this, mate. And um, I don't know, maybe, maybe our listeners will be as astonished as I was. Maybe they won't be. I had a look on drive through and um, drive through you can just filter it by search terms. And quick starts is a category, so you can have a look at quick starts on RPG uh, or drive through RPG. You would be perhaps amazed to hear that out of the top fifty on there, fewer than ten of them are free. So the vast majority are pay, and I'm not even talking pay what you want. It's just there's a set price. That's weird. Which which is weird, isn't it? And then and as you go through it, you you look at them and go. That doesn't even look like a quick start. I don't know what it's doing in that category. It may be that the publisher have just ticked a bunch of boxes, which yeah. is understandable. That's more likely. Because generally you would expect these things to be little or nothing, wouldn't you? And, and you mentioned Free RPG Day, which is where a lot of these things end up going. Um, mm. And uh, that sounds like a great place to put them as well, you know? And I think I think free or very nearly free should be the goal because... We talked about starter sets. That's not even the whole game, is it? And that's entirely reasonable that people should pay money for starter sets. And they're normally a bargain because they yeah. include so much stuff in them. Paying for a quick start, then thinking, maybe I'll get the starter set now, maybe I'll get the game. That's <laughs> triple triple dipping, which <laughs> doesn't sound like a good thing to me. I, no, I don't want that to happen to me either. No, I know what you're saying. I like the pay what you want idea mm. that it enables you, if you want to, just to chuck in a, a dollar or whatever to the to the producer, even if you decide you don't want to do it. Uh, for something like Punk Apocalypse, I've sort of had a look at it first and then thought, yes, I'm going to buy the Kickstarter. Mm. So I've not felt the need to buy the Quickstart rules, so to speak, or, or pay what I want, because that money went into the actual Kickstarter instead. Yeah. So money's going to the you know, the writer and the publisher anyway. I'm not jimming them out of any hard-earned cash or anything like that, but yeah, I think you're right. Having to pay extra for a quick start when you're going to buy the game anyway it feels a bit weird but mm. if you make it pay what you want then you can always think well I'll, I'll give them a tip anyway afterwards even if you're not going to buy the game or something like that yeah. I think that's alright absolutely and, and, and the term itself quick start I, I don't know when this first started but I think it was probably in the last decade there was a time when there was no such thing as quick start in the same way as there was there used to be a time when there was no such thing as core rule book it was just mm. book and then <laughs> words like this kind of sneak in so obviously people have in mind, the industry has in mind and the community has in mind what a quick start is and that it's a thing that you can have. And and some companies do absolutely loads of it. I think Modifius probably have a quick start for every single game in their stable, of which yeah. they have a lot of games in their stable. Monty Cook definitely do it. Um, and some companies are kind of notable, I think, from their absence in the quick start market. So I went looking for some games and I thought, oh, really? There isn't anything? And that seemed a bit strange. Um and you know, and and 
amongst them is, is things like D and D. D and D doesn't have a quick start. I mean, you know, people would will will email in now and say, "Oh, there's loads of things you can get for nothing. There's loads of things you can cobble together. There's lots of bits that you can pull together to get gaming tonight." Yeah, I know that, but it but they don't have something with quick start written on the front. I don't think, and that seems odd. Yeah, maybe. I, th- I mean, I think because they're in a unique position that people will buy their stuff almost. Mm-hmm. So that sounds weird. I mean, people buy other people's stuff as well, obviously, otherwise there wouldn't be a market. <laughs> but, That's capitalism um, for you, mate. <laughs> Wizards is so big, I don't think they... They don't need to entice people in, do they? Or no. say, try this, for, you know, first one's free, and then you have to pay after that. They're kind of like, this is our stuff, buy it. Mm. Whereas perhaps if you're a small press publisher or... One of the other, well, even one of the big boys in inverted commas from the from the other publishers who aren't Watsy, they are small fry compared to Watsy. So I think it definitely behooves other companies to have a quick start to get people in and get them playing it because yeah, the men you know we've discussed this many times, but over ninety percent of the people who play games are playing D and D. So actually, the market for your other role playing games is probably that ninety percent rather than just brand new people necessarily. So you're trying to entice them across from the thing they're already playing. Mm. So if you've got a quick start, you can draw people in from the D and D crowd and say, "Why don't you try something different?" Uh, and they may already be a bit shy of being bought, you know, three core books for Dungeons and Dragons and a starter set and some miniatures and everything else of laying out money for something. Uh, but you know, a cheap or free quick start gives them a chance to play something else and decides, "Oh, this is quite good actually," and, and sort of draw mm. them across maybe. Yeah, yeah, it could be. I think, you know, one of the points that I'll take away from my little survey of quick starts is just how different they are, actually. Yeah. They go from, as you say, mate, from four pages to, to over 100 in a couple of cases I found. Hmm. <laughs> the, the extra page count almost never seems to be worth it. Um, some of them are lavishly illustrated and put together in, you know, in a really nice way, which makes you feel like this isn't just copy-pasted from their main book. This has been put together by people who wanted to make a quick start. And I, and I think they are trying to do different jobs. So I, I, I like to see a different take on something from its main book. Um, yeah. That's that's nice. It, but it is so variable in not just quality, but just the approach that, that companies take to what they put in their quick start. And there's been so many of them out recently that there's lots to compare, isn't there? Chaosium have done loads. They've done their RuneQuest one, uh, which I think won an any for like best free product because that's the thing as well now for their RuneQuest quick start and they do a call of Cthulhu one for seventh and and all the other ones that are that are bustling around at the moment. I tend to pick up quite a few because quite often they give you the whole game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they, give, they give you everything. And a yeah. scenario. <laughs> that try yeah, before yeah. you buy thing is strong. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean so we played through the RuneQuest on one, didn't we? I was certainly part of it with Dirt the yeah. Dice many moons ago. And that, I mean, two minds about that. It does feel a RuneQuest scenario in some ways, and others it doesn't, but then that's probably my prejudice from playing in the 90s. So let's yeah. discard that. Uh, but the, the sort of the pre-gen characters that you get are quite good. There's some similarities between them, though. And mm. the bit I didn't get on with is uh, you have a massive block of skills that just like went on for like one or two paragraphs of close text with numbers yes. in it. And a lot of that I don't think you necessarily needed and it just made the whole quick start feel like, like I know RuneQuest to a degree, and I've got to read all mm. this and try and work out what my skill is, because they're not even in alphabetical order, they're kind of by category. So you can't even look through for dodge under D, because it's under a separate category. And mm-hmm. So, that I mean, that 
for me, in a way, that sort of fails as a quick start in that you give this to people at conventions or trying to get new people into a game, and it's quite difficult to approach. Uh, and yet, on the other hand, it does give you an idea of the complexity of the system and what sort of skills you can look forward to. So I can see why you mm. do it. Um, I just think possibly the layout, given that a lot of the text of the background's repeated, could have been done slightly differently to make it more appealing. Uh, but if you look like something like the the Star Wars Edge of Empire stuff, mm-hmm. they've got uh, their sample characters and they just have the skills that you've got skill points in or yellow and green symbols as it is for that game. They're the only skills that are on the character sheet for the pregens. So you just look and you can say, can I make a roll for this or can I not? You know. Uh, and yeah. I think as a quick start, that works out better for me. I think just have the stuff on there that people are going to use at the table, I would suggest. Because mm-hmm. it is just a quick start, isn't it? That's again, it's not yes. a starter set, it's not a beginner box, it's just like this is to have a game of this thing to get the flair of it. Yeah, absolutely. No one's going to feel robbed. I would like to think no one was going to feel they were hard done by if you don't have the encumbrance system in your quick start, yeah. you know, because all you need is the rules for what you're going to be using in the pregens in the adventure. So, this is all predicated on the fact that it's built around an adventure and it has pregens. Yeah. So, you know, if you don't have any hackers in your cyberpunk quick start you probably don't need to have the hacking rules i would suggest um you know and of course you are going to have hacking rules and you can even say in the quick start oh by the way in our main game available at such and such a place you'll see rules for all kinds of new character archetypes that we haven't fitted into this so if you've ever wondered what it's like to race motorcycles through neo tokyo buy our book this (laughs) one is set in an oil rig in the north sea so you know we put the swimming rule in and we we left out the desert dehydration rule. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think you're right. Okay, yeah, I think with all of these, there's some. Now we've started talking about it. I think there's some fat in each that we could trim out. So I'm just flicking now through that Star Wars one I mentioned, and it's got a, a full page on Coruscant, the planet. Yeah, and it's got stuff about what languages they speak and the population and various other things. It's like I don't. Like if you watch Star Wars, you kind of know this stuff, you know. Like to think, yeah. and or enough that you can play a game of it. You don't need to have uh, the major imports of Coruscant mm-hmm. as a a thing for your quick. So that's a page that can go. The characters done a lot better. I think the other thing from Quick Starts as well, which I like, if they're full color or certainly um, got plenty of art in, is you've got a nice character picture as well. Yeah. And I think that can really help. Some of, some of the quick starts I've seen just give you some stat blocks, which is fine. But having an image to just put in front of people and go, oh, that's what you look like, and get you going, I think just all helps get you in the um, in the mood. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. I mean, I, I'm a massive fan of pre-gens, just generally. And in a quick start, I think they're an absolutely essential. But what I don't need is, I don't even need it on the official character sheet. I think it just needs to be enough for that adventure and should be mm. tailored directly to that you know you don't need to you don't even need to give out a blank character sheet in a quick start i see them in almost all of them yeah. why you know even the ones without character generation here have a character sheet stick that on your website dudes i mean i just think these things need to be thinner it's not me being just awkward about it it's about about that element of i want to try this and i might want to try it tonight i've yeah. got some buddies coming over let's try this it's just a one shot you should be able to read it before your mates get round to play the game and sometimes it's just hard. I mean, I'll take Blue Planet as an example, a game I've been waiting a long time to see come back again. And Blue Planet is a game that uh, it's it's got loads to love, really has got loads to love, but it, it admits it's dense and there's quite a lot to it. 
but the quick starts again north of 70 pages <sighs> loads of background in there loads of stuff complete you know all the rules all the stuff about generating your characters and yes it does have some adventure stuff in it too but i just zoned out after about page seven or eight that's like proper homework yeah for a quick start that that's not even a pamphlet i've got it on pdf but if i had it if i had it in paper format in my hands that would be bigger than some books i have complete games of and that's just i know you've got the material guys but it less is more and i think more people will pick up the game and play it if you can get it down to I'm going to be really, really harsh here and say a dozen pages. Hmm. Get it to that. Get it to that. And I'd, I'd have read the whole lot and played it that night. Um, but the first dozen pages of that, and it's not alone in this at all, has basically got me to the planet where it's taking place and it's zooming in from this massive big picture. Yeah. It's too much. Yeah, no, agreed. Yeah, I don't know, somewhere between... I was going to say more like 16 to 24, but that includes... The pre-gens and probably a map to hand out and some other stuff as well. So fair, yeah, yeah. Probably in a similar sort of ballpark to you. Um, an interesting one, just to flash back to that Star Wars briefly that they've added in, is they've got some optional encounters and things like that. Right. So arguably that's something you could take out, but I like that as a thing that mm. you've kind of got this little adventure and then some more stuff you could add to sort of like pad it out a little bit and make more of a session out of it. So I. I think that's fine, as long as you've not got, like you say, like tons of stuff on the encumbrance rules and swimming penalties and various other things that are going to take up too much. Mm. It's about getting value in the pages, and stuff that's more about doing adventure things and playing a game in there is, is high value, so I think I'm happy with that kind of stuff going in there. I think it's a really interesting exercise. I mean, as, as someone who's written a role-playing game, I, don't, I didn't do a quick start for my game. I'd like to, and I think it'd be a really interesting exercise to see just how little you can get away with writing, how 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 small you can keep it, how much you can excise it down to its absolute barest bones. And I think there's probably a case that if you can't do your game complete, you know, as in here's an, here's an adventure, it's a classic adventure, the sort of thing you're going to want to run in this game loads and loads and loads. Here's some here's some really engaging, interesting characters, quite archetypal, you know, but loads loads to pick from, good variety. Um, and here's the core of the system, and uh, and here's a really good meaty resolution. And, and maybe even some advancement at the end as well. If you kind of can't do that in 24 pages, what's your game doing at all? I mean, it's... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's it, oh, yeah, well, we wouldn't be able to get you an adventure because, you know, there's... Well, it could be one of a million different sorts. We can't really think of the one that's best. And, oh, characters. Well, yeah, that's that's going to be difficult because, you know, we need to have all of the hedges and hindrances and all the other stuff. No. If, you, if you're starting to think like that and you can't package your game down to quick start level... It might be that the game is just a bit too. I don't know. Maybe it. it maybe it just doesn't have a strong enough spine to it to be able yeah. to cope with that small space. Yeah, I think that's that's true. Like, really, you want your core rules on a couple of pages, don't you? Yeah, if possible. Yeah, it's um, and that might include some pictures of dice and things like that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Dungeon Crawl Classics is a is a massive book really really huge and i know that it puts some people off because as glorious looking as it is it's quite expensive and there's quite a lot to it but their quick start comes in at under 14 pages so because they man- and that includes like a big license on the back end of character sheet and all that kind of stuff because actually the core of the game is really quite simple and they've just done a really good job of cutting it right back sticking an adventure with it taking out all of that really lustrous art and the big hardback stuff all the kickstarter rewards and they just got it right down to nothing. I 
I love that. I think you know, for a massive game to go down to that level and still be playable is really, really cool. I'd be more than happy to to carry that to a con for a Friday night game or something else like that. Uh, give it a shot, try it out with people, and and there will be. I guarantee there'll be bits in the scenario where people try to do something, and you're kind of looking through the walls. Oh, uh, oh, they haven't mentioned that. Or I don't really know how to do it. Well, that doesn't matter. It's a quick start. You know, you get your money back if, you, if you're that <laughs> worried about it. I'm not. I'm not sure where the thinking is going that people have to be so complete in a quick start. Yeah, well, I, I agree. Um, so one of my favourites, I'm just whizzing through now as we talk, was the Delta Green Need to Know, which is their yes. quick start. But that's oh, it comes in over fifty pages. It does. Um, but there's like double-sided character sheets in that, so that's like ten or twelve of them. There's a license. There's lots of pages where there's full bleed art for mm-hmm. a page. So actually, there's quite a bit of that you could take out. It's got some character creation there, which I think we said, I don't think you need. No. Um, so you could take quite a bit of that out. But, that said, good friend of the show, uh, Andy Kerrick, a uh, good friend of ours, he's taken this to the crack in various other places and run Delta Green with it mm. a number of times over a number of years. Uh, and I took it with me last year and just didn't get around to playing it in the end. But it's it's like a complete game. So yes. it, that, that's one which is on the border where I don't think you actually need Delta Green if you get this. Yeah, yeah. I'd I encourage people it's... to get Delta Green anyway, <laughs> just to be sure. clear. Because there's a lot of great text in there, but the thing you need to play the game, I think this quick start does it all for you. Yeah, and and that is free digitally. It's um, it's chunky enough that they ask you to pay for it if, it if you get it hard copy, but I think that's entirely reasonable. Yeah. Um, and it's definitely it is you would get more play out of that than you would out of a lot of the games. I, I've bought games which I bought on a whim, really, or a recommendation, and just for whatever reason, by the time it showed up or I skimmed it, it didn't really get a lot of play, and it's just sitting there on the shelf. Mm. Need to know won't do that. When you pick it up, you'll want to play it because it's digestible, and yeah. um, and there's an adventure, and you'll be often running in relatively short order, I would say. And I think you know for games like that, it certainly helps that it basically uses the real world. So they don't have to like you know do a big setting dump. Whereas to yes. be fair to Blue Planet, they can't just go. It's a bit wet. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Bring your wellies. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I mean it's quite a big thing as I've said. But if you just look at the index page, for example, the game system's actually about six pages. So that's good. <laughs> and the, you know, the welcome to Delta Green bit at the front. That's. I'm, chuck- I'm chuckling because you've got a quick start with an index. Yeah. <laughs> well. I think anything that's 50 pages long, well, not index, content, sorry. That's, okay. Use the misspoke, perhaps. Um, but the other good thing it's got right at the front is um, how to play a, be a player and how to be a GM as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. In the context of this particular game, which a lot of the other quick starts don't. Mm. So, you know, I guess for things like Star Wars or something like that, then they expect you to know you play a character from the movies kind of be at the forefront mm-hmm. of your mind but I guess for other things um, if it doesn't say specifically this is what we're expecting you to do as German player you're kind of leaving people to play how they normally play anyway so I'm not mm. I, I like the fact that they've gone to the you know the trouble of saying this is what the game's about this is how you should run it and this is how you should yeah. play it and it's somebody's responsibility to make sure we all have fun kind of thing yeah yeah that's a nice touch so there's a place for that in those kind of products yeah that's cool mate yeah, hooray for that. So um, another one that we've got, uh, Blades in the Dark, which was in beta for 
two years before it came out as a product. Mm-hmm. It's been out for some time now. That's another chunky one, 44 pages for Blades. But um, quite a bit of that is the different character archetypes because it's a bit like one of those Apocalypse World games in that you've got mm-hmm. a double-sided side of A4 uh, and one for each class. So although, you sp- again, it's got character generation in it, that is more just ticking boxes and selecting yes. from a list and things like that. So I can see that being... That kind of character creation is just on one sheet, actually, of A4, with the actual mm. bits that you have to read out. And the rest of it is just filling stuff in. So I think that's fair enough. That's cool. And the other bit I like about it is it's got lots of... Most of the stuff in it fits on one page. So whatever it is you're talking mm. about, if it's how to use the system or what an action role is or teamwork or whatever, they're all just on one page. So I think that's a good discipline for that particular game, certainly. I don't know how well that will work across others, but... Fitting things on our page or our half page and making sure all the sections do that, I think that's a good touch and makes it easier at the table to just have the bits that you need. Mm. I missed that one. I didn't know Blades in the Dark had a quick start, actually. So I'm surprised because um, our mate Guy Milner, who does an uh, excellent blog, Burn After Running, mm. um, it does loads of one-shot stuff. I know Guy's put loads of time and effort into making one-shots for Blades in the Dark as little training missions and and he's done the same thing that I've done, and I think lots of Blades GMs have done as well, which is try and strip it all back down because Blades is, oh, it's quite, it's actually quite daunting when you start because it's a massive sandbox and there's something around every corner. So trying to keep it down to a little city block and maybe just one type of crew and one type of heist and let's keep it small and then expand out afterwards is a nice thing to do. So I mean, I'd put effort into putting together playbooks and a little, uh, literally a little plastic envelope of just resources for a one shot. So yeah. I didn't know there was one out there, so I'm pleased about that. I'll check that one out. I think that'll be really interesting, even as an owner of the big game. It's That's almost like a little primer for the whole thing then, by the sounds of it. Yeah, and like the first page is how to use the quick start. So it tells you what to do with the document. It's just giving you, as an good. overview, goes all the bits of different, like I say, or one page at a time. Like it's a really good bit of layout and, mm. and design. So things like downtime, it's only half filled the sheet, but that's fine because you've got all you need to know for downtime on that sheet, and that's it. Mm. And doesn't overlap other pages onto it or make it hard to find things. But it is, you know, it's <laughs> again, we're getting close to the full game when you read it. There's obviously more in the yeah. book itself. And you could do without some of the maps and other things that are in there to pad it out, which will bring the page mm. count down, I think. But. Yeah, as a, as a bundle that you can pick up for free and decide whether you like Blaze in the Dark or not, it's uh, it's great. Yeah. yeah, 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 absolutely, and that's that's the point of them. I mean, you know, a lot of games will offer out the game for free. When SRDs are still a thing, online SRDs. I yeah. don't think I've ever I've ever used that to read a game completely. I've always used them as a reference once I've had the game. Yeah, but you know, uh, you, there's an argument, I suppose, that an SRD might be a quick start. You could flick around in it and see what's happening. Probably not, because it's more of a reference, isn't it? Yeah. And I think that, that just highlights for us what we would want from a quick start, I think, is you don't just want, here's the rules stripped down. <laughs> like yeah. That's not good enough. <laughs> we don't just want to, you know, the Pathfinder 2, <laughs> yeah. which is basically a reference document, <laughs> or the D&D yeah. SID. You, you actually want something that gives you the experience of the game, I think, or certainly the flavour. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if Paizo do quick starts for their games. They do beginners boxes, which are amazing. I highly recommend them. And they do a very, very good job of stripping down what are, you know, clearly quite dense and crunchy systems. They do a great job with that. I don't know if they've gone as far as doing quick starts. I know they do a lot for Free RPG Day, 
Um, and usually it's adventures with pregents, usually containing goblins, but I think that it kind of relies on the fact you might have access to the rules or a GM who knows them. Yeah. This is not quite the same thing. Um, but yeah, Paizo do a lot there. Um, can I tell you about my favourite quick start? Yes, it's you can. A, cool. Uh, a slight callback to Blades in the Dark, because it's from the same author. John Harper, um, who is a graphic designer by day, um, and an RPG creator all through the day and all through the night as well. <laughs> uh, and, and that, you know, he wrote Blades in the Dark as well. And he's done a bunch of other stuff both before then and since, which are to me, they're the kind of the gold standard of quick start. So uh, Lady Blackbird mm. it was probably his biggest calling card. And maybe it's a bit cheeky to call it a quick start, but I'm going to, even though there's no other product to go on to from there, because. <laughs> It, uh, it serves to me as a really good template of what one can look like. So the whole thing comes in yeah. at 14 pages. 14 pages, including really well put together characters, situations, maps, environments, rules for conflicts and how to get stuff done. Now, you're up and running that game within 20 minutes yeah. of owning it, and it always delivers. It's full of flavour, and you just can't believe how much is in that package and how much fun you've had out of it for something that costs you nothing and it's it's well linked up just type in Lady Blackbird into Google it'll be the first thing you see and it's not the only one he's got out there too he seems to generate these things for fun they're really beautiful little packages they're only ever a dozen or a couple of dozen pages and they're complete games in and of themselves and clearly they are quick starters from the moment you open it to running it is actually a small period of time mm-hmm. and that for me is one of the the metrics that I hold quick starters to. I don't I don't hold other games to that. I don't hold core books to that or starter sets even. But a quick start surely it's got to be quick. And, and those ones are you you're one print button away from having a game in your hand ready to play tonight. Yeah. And it, it always leaves you wanting more. One of the most yes. frequently asked or questions from from games when I've seen it run at cons or whatever is always been like, oh where, where do I get the game then? It's like yeah, this is it. <laughs> here's the yeah. here's the web URL, and that's that's it. As you said, there's a few more now. I think it's like three or four on the website, which is great. Mm. But um, yeah, it, it sort of like gives you an idea of how well done it is, because there's just bits in the implied setting of the game which mean you want to redevelop the setting some more, even yeah. though it's not been written. So for games that actually do have all that setting somewhere. They should really, if they can, be produced a, qu- a quick start that has that same feeling. So people play it and go, mm-hmm. tell me more about Glorantha or whatever the world is, Blue Planet, Poseidon, whatever. You know, if, you, if your kickstart doesn't make your players want to then immediately find out more about the stuff you've just done, yeah. you've arguably done yourself a bit of a disservice. Yeah, I think so. It's It can't be easy for people who picked up like games like, I don't know, Glorantha's a great example. How do you make a quick start for Glorantha? How do, how do you do one for Shadowrun, where it's got all of that massive long canon of of meta history and all the rest of it? I mean, you, you've got to produce this thing on the basis that both the GM and the players have probably not encountered the game before. That's why it's a quick start. And and then if you free yourself from that, you go, oh, okay, I'll probably just go back to the first edition and look at what they had in that one before there was any real canon. You know? Because <laughs> they probably did something quite good in the first edition of Legend of the Five Rings. I have no idea. But that was before it all got card gamed to oblivion. <laughs> so yeah, there's, there's the, that's the kernel of the game is in its early days, isn't it? And perhaps Kickstart, Quick Start, sorry, could go back to that for inspiration. Yeah, definitely. And, and for games where they reboot the world or things like that, I think that's that would be a good starting point to reboot the world, really. 
mm. is, is just have that, just the taste of it, and see which pe- what bits people go for and what they talk about. Yeah. And, you know, that's what to concentrate on. Mm. So yeah, talking of look, going back, and you mentioned Shadowrun, there is uh, Cyberpunk Red, which they're calling a jump start, which is either a beginner's box or a quick start or something else, depending on how you look at it. Uh, but it's like thirty dollars for the physical. I think fifteen dollars for yeah. the PDF. So yeah. I ain't looked at it because like I no. don't. How? I think that's a curious decision to get people back into your game that you're rebooting to charge minimum fifteen dollars for it. I don't know. And thirty dollars for physical. That just like that's. I want to play that for a real game, not the. <laughs> You know, not the beginner's version of it, or the here's the beta rules that we might change with. I don't know. That feels like a brave choice. I don't know. The only person I know who's looked at it, so I don't know if they bought it or found it somewhere else or borrowed it off a friend on the internet or anything else. Uh, but they were a bit disappointed as it's pretty much like the old one, yeah. as in the very first one, which is a shame, given that it's many years later. But I'd like to find that out by having a free book to look at. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, I mean, I might be put off anyway and not buy the game, but I'm definitely not buying the game if I have to buy in at that price point just to try it out. Yeah, yeah. It's it's not really about the money either, is it? It's not It's not that. It's just the convenience, I suppose. I think yeah. for, for $30 or whatever, I know it's actually going to be quite a chunk of stuff to look at again. I just I kind of want, I just want a mission and some characters and go, please. Yeah, uh, if it's well, certainly for things like Cyberpunk, where it's a game I've got at least two versions of already. So yeah, do I want to pay more money? Yeah, I mean, there's I don't know why, but I think I must have just like pressed Cyberpunk a lot when I was doing my research for this because there's actually quite a lot out now. It's obviously got a bit of a resurgence, hasn't it? So there yeah. was that. I looked at um, Interface Zero for Savage Worlds. So that's yeah. quite a lengthy quick start. I mean, that mm. again, it looks like the whole thing to me. Um, but it's you know there's a chunk of book there for for zero pounds on the interwebs, and then um, our old friend comes back to haunt us. Slay Industries puts an appearance, and I have not looked at that yet. So I'm, I'm queuing you up here, mate, because I think you have looked at it. Uh, I've looked at our version of it. It's been re-released recently with changes. Uh, so oh. that's uh, an interesting one because it came out as a quick start set of rules, and then within a few weeks it was re-released with some changes. So that's not quite so much a quick start as a, a beta, I guess, or a, a playtest mm. version and got some feedback. So in two minds about that. So that's, in one way, that's kind of like, it's not really a quick start if it's not ready yet. But mm. I think it's a perfectly valid way, as we've discussed with other games, of getting something out there early and getting the flavour from the fans and people who are playing it and getting some proper feedback to then rejig it before you produce it properly. I don't think there's any problem mm. with making a better product uh, it's not great. <laughs> so the, okay. the edition I looked at. Uh, the, the problem always was with Slay Industries is the system was awful. That's And that's obviously my personal view. But th- that's one of those where when you start having discussions with people on the internet about is a system bad or not, uh, then it's hard for anybody to objectively say something's bad. It might just be down to preference most of the time. But Slay Industries was always one where I could quote bits of the rules and go, this maths is broken. It just like serves mm. no purpose and things like that. So um, the rules aren't that bad anymore. <laughs> uh, and and some of the bits, some of the bits in it that I thought were um, weren't great, 
apparently they've, they've changed now for the second iteration of this quick start so it's getting better one would say okay. uh, but it, it didn't unlike the lustrous things we've talked about so the Numenera ones and you know all these others the Art Dream all that have got nice beautiful products Reinquest all that kind of stuff it was a, a lot more kind of like um, of the 90s fanzine era of just like a lot of black and white text with some art yeah um, and again the art's a preference thing so some people think it's the new art's good. I thought it just mm. looked too cartoony, and it had lost the, right. you know, the old slay industries. There's quite a lot of black and white line art, and looked of a certain style a little bit. So like leaning towards Tim Bradstreet, it was of that kind of era, wasn't it? Where it's all kind of yes, it was, yeah, a, a bit gritty and grimy, which fits with the setting for me. So yeah, the problem with it is there's an adventure in it. I flicked through it, and it made me not want to play the game because the adventure is very much uh, prescriptive. So it's at this time right. the players should do this, or if they're not doing that, then do this to them until they do it, or punish the players if they haven't done that. So uh, it's done its job in so much as made me not want to get the new Slay Industries, uh, and it's probably a good example of what not to do. But who knows? Mm. Maybe by the time it comes actually out as a game, uh, they might have changed a lot of things, and it'll be super race. Well, maybe they just need more time to work on it. Yeah. <laughs> Because they've the ads like <laughs> twenty years, whatever it is, more probably. Bless them. Yeah. So uh, yeah, people should judge for themselves. Go out. You can get it for free. So that's that's the main. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Check and it will it be floating plenty of people's boats, won't it? It just will. Yeah. So do feel free to come back to us if you if you disagree with the guys on this one. Tell me why it's good. I was going to try it out with someone. They were going to run a game for us, but they've um, mm. they've since cancelled. Which I don't know. Tell what you want from that. Omens. <laughs> so there's um there's other things like the the Mutant Chronicles one is someone that's listed as one of their favourite quick starts, as you mentioned right. Bedifius and things like that before now. Yes. So do we think certainly for the larger companies, and by large companies we mean there's like a couple of people rather than one, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> <laughs> do we think it's becoming standard now? Do you think it's like expected that you have a quick start? It looks like it. I think Free RPG Day has had a lot to do with this as well. Mm. Um, because people want to be part of that and it's becoming quite collectible and there's probably another podcast in Free RPG Day. But um, I think it is expected. Over here in the UK, that seems to happen quite a lot. Uh, the Modifius website has got like a quick start section because they've yeah. got so many games that they're they're good enough to have realised that that's a thing. I didn't find one for Cubicle 7. doesn't mean it isn't there. I didn't look for very long. Um but I, I think there is there is a bit of an expectation, and and depending on the life cycle of the game, like with Slay Industries that you were just talking about, their quick start is obviously a bit of a promo, which is going to be leading to something else. And the uh, punk apocalyptic one is like a promo for the Kickstarter, etc. Do you need to have a quick starter once the game's been out and it's kind of on the shelves and you know living its life? Why not? I, I, I think I think there's maybe a bit of a missed opportunity. I think even we did talk about D and D earlier, but even D and D could do with. I think it could do with quick starts. They'd be yeah. relatively straightforward for them to do, and that's something they could punt out like every year, have stacks of them in game stores. That just sort of keeps the plate spinning for them because mm. it's because there's always another generation looking for an on ramp into stuff. Keep your game evergreen and just maybe freshen up that quick start like Numenera does. 
mm. with this new adventure every year. And DCC does that as well, by the way, with a new adventure every year. They haven't changed the rules of their game in since it was written, but right. I think it's a nice thing to have. So, yeah, I, I I don't see a problem with it. I think I think if you are, it's kind of like leaflets, really. It's a leaflet for your game. And a leaflet is quite an old-fashioned way of getting people to find out about things. In the nineties, you just have to have a crap website and be in a web ring. you don't have that so much anymore but i think a quick start is kind of seen as necessary and i don't know how else i don't know what else you would put in a quick start you could i don't think you could get away with just putting some fiction in and a bit about the setting and then saying go and buy the book to find out how to play it (laughs) (laughs) so it's 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 a hard thing to make it's a it's a difficult thing to make definitely and i'm being quite critical about a lot of quick starts tonight i know i am and i don't have the solutions but I admire them for having a go, and I think, I think if a game hasn't got a quick start, I'm less likely to pick it up. Yeah, there's that. You know, games aren't cheap anymore; they never were. Um, and now we all have limited time and money, especially time. Actually, um, yeah. I, I really love Delta Green, but the book's fifty quid. I'm not, I'm not dropping that on a whim. I'd, I'd need to know it was good. I mean, luckily it is, but it, was, <laughs> but it was the quick start that let me know that. Yes. Yeah. 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 Definitely. Um, well, there's some really good ones like Met Your Own Luck that um, Gareth Ryder Hanran, the oh, glorious friend of the show, has done, which is a precursor to an adventure they make. So that's another way of sort of feeding people in and sort of saying after you've played this for free that you've picked up a free RPG. Day. By the way, this is like a prequel yeah. to this adventure book you can now buy to carry on your adventures. Use the same characters and Met Your Own, etc., etc. So that's I think there's definitely roots in there for. Uh, RPG companies to use them to their advantage as well. It shouldn't be seen mm. as just a cost that they have to have one just to lure people into the main book. It's it's a good way of keeping that excitement going. Yeah, I would say so. Make Your Own Luck is brilliant, by the way. I've run it about 15 times now. Yeah, uh, it, It's not a quick start for 13th Age, unfortunately, because it really doesn't tell you how to play the game, but it's a cracking adventure. Yeah. 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 What else were we saying before? I had a point and I've lost it. Oh, that's upsetting, <laughs> isn't it? I destroyed it by fanboying about Gareth's work again. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's fine. We've we've done a job there. That's that's one one tick in the box for our podcast. Complete your collection with Swords Against Owlbears and Swords Against Darkness and there's other free RPG scenarios, all of which are awesome. So I mentioned something else. Oh yes, I've got. I told this. Same, same point or a different one? Who will ever know? Certainly not I. Uh, but. Uh, we've mentioned before things like implied settings. So I think that's one of the ways that some kickstarters, or sorry, quick starts even, have done things well, is they give you the basic idea of the rule, but then the adventure itself teaches you how to do that. So, for example, yeah. if there's a social conflict or a social uh, interaction mechanic or something like that, like give people the, the basics, and mm. then one of the things you have to do at some point is bargain for your friend's you know, back who's been caught by a bounty hunter or whatever, whatever it is, but say like, and this is how you do it. So roll these dice yep. and roll those dice and get the players to do this and this is what the bad guy says and that kind of stuff. So that kind of like worry we're having about how many rules do you put in and just have enough, you can probably keep it quite light and do some of the rules writing in the adventure of the scenario itself rather than doing it as a separate piece and then having a separate adventure, if you know what I mean. It should all be sort of munged together in one document. That's my great white whale of gaming is the is the game book that does it through the medium of adventures because that mm. would be my preferred way of learning. It's um it's that is a tradition that goes a long way back. People, if you remember, always used to get keep on the borderlands with their basic D and D set way 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 back. 
and keep in the borderlands if you ever look at it again now and if you've not looked at it in years i recommend it it's actually a bit of a tutorial mm. it keeps on stopping it doesn't go into the adventure <laughs> it keeps on stopping to say oh by the way this is how you do this bit here and this is what overland movement is like when you go overland and it gives you pre-gen characters in the back and it gives you little combat matrices it's a really tidy little package that's actually only a portion of it is the adventure people think it's all the caves of chaos it isn't at all um and there's quite a few things like that from back in the day uh, that did a really good job of like showing you how an adventure was put together and what to do at certain points because well someone had to tell you that we didn't have the internet yeah or a massive library of other games that make make these assumptions you know you probably don't need that for over the edge these days you probably don't but you did then um and i really like how it does that yeah i think i think that's uh, definitely a good feature another one i'm kind of looking at now i've just remembered about is uh, the song of ice on fire which is the game of thrones uh-huh. type game i'm not even sure if that's still not going or not but that has some useful bits in there but um like I, i'm sort of talking back at the maps again one of the very first things in it is a map of an inn because that's yeah. where events is going to start uh, and i like that kind of thing because that's something that you're just going to use even if you don't use it there and then you can use it at some point here you can get them in and in yeah at some point um so i suppose that where i was leading to with that is the next bit about these quick starts if you can have some reusability Yes. It's tough because we've mentioned about keeping the page count down as much as you can and not having unnecessary things in there. But if there's stuff in there which is then a basis for future adventures, so in some way it gets reused, I think that's another good uh, quality to have in there. Yeah, Green Ronin are really good with their quick starts, actually, mate. Um, that is one of them, definitely. The Expanse is another one that does a similar thing because it gives you a ship yes. to play with yeah, yeah, yeah. and it gives you all the stuff that you have for your ship. And that will stay on the table if you buy the big book and play the campaign for years because that would be your home base, like the Rosinanti. So, you know, I think Green Ronin have got it locked down, actually. They do some really nice stuff for their games. Um, I was looking up, well, what is now it's an old game, Dragon Age, mm-hmm. which has been long since superseded, had a stack of really good stuff to get you into it. Um, and, uh, yeah, that, they're worth looking at as, as a bit of a model for how to do it. And they're lush as well. I mean, it's certainly not just text on a bit of paper. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I suppose with, with that kind of thing as well is, I mean, ideally, if you're an established company or established game anyway, you should have lots of art anyway, shouldn't you, in your portfolio? Yes. So it shouldn't be yes. too much of a stretch to be able to put, to make it look nice and drop people. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely. So, you know, I mean, I'll put pressure on uh, on Rust now. I mean, Judge Dredd and Worlds of 2000 AD, does it have a Judge Dredd quick start? I don't know. But if it doesn't, They've, they've missed a trick there because that sounds like something that's got all the art is ready to go that's a good point yeah hmm. I might well have a dig at Morris and see if he's done that or not <laughs> <laughs> I can see why you wouldn't I mean like, you know Rust is it's a good case in point isn't it that game's done absolute blockbusters you know it's yeah. really really well does it need a quick start now I don't know maybe it does maybe it doesn't but it's an effort to put one together isn't it and it should be an effort to put one together if you just copy paste stuff out of your game and cobble it together and just stick it out. I mean, yeah, you've got to make it as a quick start. I think you've got to design a quick start. Yes. That's, that's not nothing, designing things. Well, to be fair to Russ, the the wine, the what all these new uh, systems are called, it does have a, a sort of start set thing. Um, cool. So uh, Dread uses the same system, so there is that. And, uh, oh, here we go. 
quick Google search. Yes, there is a Judge Dredd in the world of 2008 quick start. So well done. Oh, well done. Well done, Ross. I knew he wouldn't let us down one of my glorious previous guests how could he and he's under 30 pages so he's done it better than a lot of other people oh is it yeah oh do you know what I'm going to go and have a look at it I'm going to read it and (laughs) if it's it's good I'm going to play it yeah you can get it free so that's all good he's even got a little video about it so that's all right. oh perfect there's a man who knows what he's on about Oh, one's just come to mind, Gaz, and I'm, I'm astonished you've not brought this up yet, mate. Maybe it's in your notes. I do not know. Um, Savage Worlds Test Drive. Uh, uh, yes. I'm not sure if there's one at the minute. Well, I looked it up, and there is one. Um, but is it... And because they're going through a new edition, it's obviously a time of flux. But the thing with these quick starts is they're just one-shot deals. So even if you get one for an old edition, it still does the job. The last one that I saw up there was the Lankmar branded one. Right, yeah. So it's the test drive rules with a Lankmar adventure and some Lankmar specific stuff in it. So you can't use it. The old original test drive, you could you could use it as a little generic light system, I guess, mm. for just about anything. This is a specific one with an adventure with pregens and all the stuff. All the stuff we've been talking about, really. But obviously you'll come away from that with an understanding of that's what Savage Worlds is then. Do I like that? Do I not? It's up to you. Yes, yeah, yeah. I don't think it's up to date. Um, the light, right. I used the Lightmar like, one three or four years ago, I want to say. Uh, ah, okay. Continuous one like that. So unless they've updated it, it'll be an old version. Uh, the thing I've noticed that Pinnacle are doing is putting up um, like just one pages or short documents on like the chase rules uh, and various other bits and pieces of the rules. There's like um, guides and reference sheets and stuff like that. So I've not yet seen, broadly advertised anyway, the new test drive or the new here's the quick start for Savage. But I've seen lots of stuff on the site you can go and get. Uh, It just probably needs consolidating. They did used Mm. to have things like the Kilquato, which was like an Indiana Jones pulpy adventure. Oh, yeah, the crocodile one. Yeah, Yeah, which was pretty cool. Uh, It'd be nice to see something like that again. I think the old test drive as well, had a lot of stuff in there that perhaps didn't need to be like you say. I seem to remember there was a massive list of in, uh, hindrances and edges and things like that. Where again, mm. just add the ones mm. the characters in your quick start going have. I think that's probably enough. So yes, it'd be good to see them produce something again for that. I don't, and that, this is the issue. Is like if if it's Savage Worlds and I don't know, there's definitely a thing for it. It's probably bit, not there. Yeah. Probably not there, and it's a bit worrying that there isn't in a way. Well, not worrying. I don't care, but. <laughs> considering you've got a new edition you think you'd have your this is just you know here's your little pack to take away to a convention because I think that's the other thing um, I was going to mention actually was that a lot of these quick starts RPG a day things all the rest of it they should be able to be things you can take to a convention and just drop on a table and run something I mean you might have to read yes. it first obviously and understand it but there should be a little package there that means you can run these games at cons Again, yeah. like, you know, if you want to sell more of your stuff, the way to do that is get it played in front of people and get people the experience. So, um, having that, coming up with a lot of rules, aren't we? These quick starts, but um, well, I think that's really important, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it turns out. It's, uh, I mean, mate, there's um, there's a really nice uh, demo game of Thirteenth Age which you can get down from the Thirteenth uh, Age website, and it's it's designed for a GM to demo the game of Thirteenth Age. And it's got a scenario and some characters and a few little like magic item cards. It's a really nice piece of kit. And it's called the two hour demo. But it's just it's linked on a website. You know, and a thirteenth age is one of my favourite games and the publishers, Pelgrain, do some lovely stuff. Uh, they would they you know, they do all that stuff we talked about with the adventures before, but they don't they haven't packaged it in a way that you can drop it in 
in on cons and pile them up on tables and send them out to GMs and go run this. It's hmm. not it's not done as a package. It's a set of resources. Maybe people are being too lazy these days. But when other games like you know you can go and pick up the Expanse, Quick Start, um, and you, it could be in your computer inside of a minute and, and you could be reading it, or then in in a world where stuff like that exists. It's difficult, but I think publishers perhaps need to keep an eye on that resource because other people are doing really nice quick starts and lots of them, and it must be making sense. Otherwise, they would have stopped doing it. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Uh, the other one I've got in the bank to think about is uh, Free League, Free Ligan. Yes. Or however you pronounce it in Swedish. Uh, they are producing, producer given, the Alien RPG, which should be out mm. later in the year. Uh, which I've backed, and as part of that, you kind of got um, a chunk of stuff. I'm trying to think of the word for it. It's definitely not a quick start, uh, and it's not necessarily finished product, but it is part of the game, and it's enough with an adventure and some characters that you can play it. Um, but it yeah. is it is quite big. I think it was something like 90 pages or something of like that. It'll, you know, it's quite a chunky wow. document I got. And it sort of surprised me a bit that I played the game or played some of the scenario, but had a sort of like a trimmed down version of it around at Kraken. Uh, and then I went back afterwards thinking, oh, that's quite cool. I'll make some characters now. And then realized the character creation rules went in there. So, 90 pages? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I might be lying about the size. Someone can correct me if they're <laughs> wrong. But I remember it being a big old book with a lot of stuff in there. Uh, but that's one again where they've got links in it to go back to them to say give us your feedback right, okay. um, so it yeah, feels yeah. like that's more of a beta than a quick start um, but the interesting thing I think from the sort of quick starty angle is there was a guys from the effect podcast who were running some demos at Games Expo that lasted mm. 90 minutes and I think that the Free League have adopted that as they're like that's going to be their showcase intro scenario nice. now so that's that's a good that's a good way of seeing the um, you know a living document and a living game and fans yeah. getting involved and being able to produce something that then the company take and go, yeah, that's good. We're going to use that in future mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. So that's a, a nice little bit of uh, inclusivity in the hobby and sort of feedback loops and all the rest of it. Yeah, that that is good. And and free league do nice stuff actually. I, I, you reminded me. I got the starter pack for, or sorry, the quick start pack for Mutant Year Zero. After I'd bought Mutant Year Zero and planned to run it, yeah. And the reason I got it was it was um because it's yeah it's cheap and cheerful. It was no money at all. And it had the basics in it. I could like snip it up and drop bits of it on the table. Mm. Use the pictures to get my players into the right feel. Because I know I've got this big three hundred page book in front of me. I can't easily pass that round without it making it look like it's homework time. But putting some images out and some maps and clipping the pregens out of it, it was just a really good little resource which stood up on its own as it turns out and in fact, yeah. <laughs> in fact I didn't even open the big book for the rest <laughs> of that adventure because it was all in there so it did a really good job um, and it had fewer options than the core book and I was absolutely fine with that because it meant I could read it from start to finish in one and a bit sittings yeah. which is fair yeah I think that's good I've just, I've just found my little uh... Cinematic starter set for Alien. It's 168 pages. <laughs> oh my goodness! With no charging. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that, that's quite um, chunky. Right, no, so do a test for me, mate. Is it quicker to read that or watch Alien? <laughs> watch the film, I think. <laughs> yeah, there's quite a lot of stuff in there. 
Yeah, it's not. It, to be fair, they have called it a cinematic starter set, so it's about that mode of play of the game of which there are two. Okay, this campaign as well, so they're not pitching it as a quick start. To be absolutely fair to them, <laughs> long dark nights in Sweden. Yeah, <laughs> but it's just sort of good stuff. That has like a couple of ships with the floor plans, has some NPC profiles, the you know the characters. Mm-hmm. Um, but then yeah, there's a lot of other information in there as well, and some some great full color art. So yeah. Not a quick start. It'll be good to see if they do something like they did uh, for the game you just mentioned there. If, if once mm. the full game's out, if there is a quick start little site, that'd be interesting uh, and probably yeah. quite good with just what you need. Okay, so one of the things I have noticed in in prepping for this show, mate, is it turns out there is a lot more quick starts out there than I thought there was for yeah. all kinds of games. Not every game. Some some glaring omissions, I think. So, I mean, I'm kind of relying now on our, both our listeners to let us know what are the quick starts that I should take a look at. Um, I really do want to use some. I want to have a little bank of these things for, like, pick-up games and just those odd little slots where we can't get the whole game together. And it and turns out I've not got many in my library. Um, but the rules are, for me, dear listeners, can you get it less than 30 pages, please? <laughs> and can it, can it include an adventure? Um, and preferably we know money, which I know is a big ask. I know it is, but but people do manage to do that. So if you've got your favourite, let us know. And equally, just for the giggles, if you've got a quick start, which is anything but that, let us know as well, because it's nice to judge. <laughs> it's easy to criticise, isn't it? It is. <laughs> it is. But yes, as well as your recommendations, dear listeners, uh, thanks to all of you supporters, either by coming up at Albert or the conventions, just to say... Uh, you enjoy the podcast, which is always lovely to hear, uh, as well as some of your feedback as well. Uh, or likes and tweets and reshares and Facebook likes and all the other stuff as well. And of course, last but not least, all our lovely patrons who have uh, been supporting us for a long time. Or in the case of uh, Adam, Matt, Michael, Jeremy and others who've recently joined this month. Thanks very much for joining the Smart Posse and uh, throwing a couple of dollars in the jar because it keeps us on the airwaves. Yeah, I really appreciate that. It was so nice to put names to avatars, to faces, to handshakes at <laughs> Albert. <laughs> it was really, really, really lovely to speak to you all and anybody who engages with us in any of the social media platforms. Because you can reach us at uh, smartparty at hotmail.com or you could find us on Twitter where Gaz handles the smart party bit and I hang around looking dubious in the background behind him. <laughs> it's like real life, really. <laughs> Just like that. <laughs> So, that's all for this week. I think if all goes to plan, we may well have a special guest on again next week. So, it's not just me and thee. We'll have someone exciting on for you to all listen to. Uh, Until then, bye from me. Cheers, everyone. See you later. (laughs) 